0: In order to know virtue, we must first acquaint ourselves with vice. Perfection is beauty, madness is genius, and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. And for that fabulous sentiment, we can credit the wonderful Marilyn Monroe, of course. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Vice the Podcast. Hello, everyone. Hello. Nice to have everybody here again. So I think we should introduce ourselves one more time because, alas, this week we have uh, no buck, but I know,
1: I do feel that for both my head and my liver, that's probably a good thing. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We are also missing our darling Tiffany, who sadly couldn't be with us. Uh, She is sunning herself in Spain, I believe.
0: All right for some, frankly, although I think she is here in spirit very much, (laughs) so she'll be listening from the beach. Absolutely Probably lamenting the job that we're doing <laughs> <laughs> She'll have comments later uh, Yes <laughs> We'll get edits um, Okay, we have to introduce our fabulous guest for this week The wonderful Cora Cora, tell us something about yourself
2: Hello ladies This is thrilling, I'm sure <laughs> I cannot wait to hear more of the story I feel like I ambushed Cora there I didn't tell her that I was going to ask her
0: that question <laughs> You s- never do? No. <laughs> no, I know. You think I'd be organised, this is like the third episode, and it's still, it's, yeah. If you could see what's happening at the end of the, this end
1: of the microphone, you'd probably be quite shocked. Sure. <laughs> well, Cora, you are in for some uh, very excitement today, because you have not read what we are about to read. No. So it's all
2: news to you. I'm excited to hear what happens in the world of Vice. Yes, we do like to ambush our guests. Um, well, why don't you tell us where we left off last time, then?
0: Absolutely, Hunter. yeah. I mean, I'm having to, to read it from, from my notes from last time because I had had too much champagne by quite some And morning. now who couldn't remember the recap. <laughs> I, I know! <laughs> After taking the piss out of Darcy for the second one, now I can't remember. So, no, but we did. We had our fabulous dinner, which was fantastic. And I'm sure Darcy remembers it because she won. Always, of course. I'm not playing if I'm not winning. That's it. In it to win it. Whereas I was somewhat distracted. Obviously, I met our charming gentleman, you know, whose name we still... Don't know. Well, don't know if we'll find out. Stay tuned. Um, So, no, we had a wonderful dinner. Lots of fabulous Montrachet. (laughs) Always remember the Montrachet, girls. Oh, yeah, I think we have on a T-shirt now. So, (laughs) yay, Montrachet. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, right, here we go. Delving back into Chapter 3, The Stables. On her slightly unsteady way out to the stables... Hunter was carefully negotiating the paving stones in her four inch heels and slowly massaging some feeling back into her delicately cable-marked wrists when she noticed Marissa clearing the table directly in front of the silk curtain dining room window. Hunter was suddenly struck by the beautiful choker that Marissa was wearing. She watched as Marissa leant over and collected the glassware from dinner and wondered why she hadn't noticed it before. It was not usually the sort of detail that escaped Hunter's notice. She loved anything beautiful, naturally but particularly when it was also in any way sexy.
1: I do think this evening she's been a little bit <laughs> distracted to notice other people's jewellery but fair enough.
0: I mean when you're I guess blindfolded and cable tied to a chair yeah, actually it's probably not so unusual I mean the blindfold does impair you a little but yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is just bad writing now that I'd forgotten was <laughs> blindfolded. I'm like, why didn't she notice? Oh wait <laughs> I'm sure there's a critic somewhere going, yeah, Can I ask,
2: how did she her dinner with a
0: blindfold. Oh, well, she was being fed it by this delightful uh, well, gentleman. I mean, to how, I you, yeah, how <laughs> else
2: do you yeah? How else do you eat your dinner? dinner? I
0: wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when I'm done with him, I'll send him over. He's very good. <clears throat> so, at first glance, the necklace seemed to be nothing more than a thick strap of black velvet, which encased Aunt Marissa's delicate Hispanic throat, a violet porcelain cameo of what looked like a Victorian lady. It was astonishingly simple and yet Hunter couldn't take her eyes off it. It reminded her of one she had seen on display at the Hermitage Museum in St. Petersburg, which had been a gift from Josephine to Alexander for his assistance with chivalry at the time. Hunter felt there was more of a connection there, or some vague significance that her brain was missing, some reason that Marissa would have chosen tonight to wear such an impressive necklace. Unfortunately, at that precise moment, her haze of (laughs) Montrachet and arousal was making her powerless to remember. Still, now was not the time to worry about it. She was absolutely bloody freezing, standing in the typically Dreek Scottish autumnal weather.
1: Dreek, for you who don't know, is um, really rainy and horrible, I believe.
2: Just, yeah. A bit miserable. miserable.
1: Yeah. 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 It's kind of a
2: Scotland, but Scotland. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very normal Scotland <laughs> yes. is what that is. <laughs>
2: your average Scottish winter day
1: yes hitting the nail on the head as ever <laughs> Cora absolutely just picture us what we were talking about in one of the previous chapters arriving all windswept and covered a bit in rain that's what we're talking about there yes the weather is not really
2: living up to you know much at this point <laughs> um, so yes adding, adding to this, the tone of the evening surely with it's yes reek. absolutely
0: I, I mean I wish I could say it was intentional sort of pathetic fallacy it's not <laughs> it's just an accurate representation of the Scottish Highland <laughs> <laughs> So as Hunter is looking through the the window, she is uh, unfortunately beginning to lose feeling in her toes. And unaware that she was being scrutinised, Marissa took the tray of empty champagne blutes and was gone. So at this point, Hunter could already hear the cacophony of giggles and exclamations emanating from the stables that signified that the wardrobe change was in full swing. Woohoo! A wardrobe change! (laughs) One of many. The ladies had divested themselves of the eggs soon after dessert, as it was decided by the unanimous vote that Darcy was the mistress of poison discretion. Why, thank you. <laughs> I had <have> no doubt. <laughs> no, neither did we. Winning the game without the barest hint of arousal... Arousal? Dear God. Arousal betrayed in her face. A look I can portray quite often. <laughs> A hint of bearish arousal. <laughs> <laughs> Better than arousal. Jesus. <laughs> Hunter wasn't in the least bit surprised that Darcy had won. Her friend was the most in-control person she had ever met. Others... May have called her uptight, although not her face. Never. But those had never seen her lead Peter around on a leather leash at parties. We all have a private life. Well, it was quite a party, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he acquitted himself rather well. And he did exactly what he was told. He did. The knee pads kind of ruined the effect. Well, yeah. (laughs) Needs must. (laughs) Hmm. Hunter didn't mind losing. Particularly considering the pleasure she had experienced over dinner. This was our charming gentleman. The thought of him made her pulse quicken and muscles tighten. She quickly negotiated the rest of the pathway and slipped through the stable's heavy oak doorway, which had been left open. She was brought up short with an audible gasp at what confronted her. Above the stone archway leading to various side rooms was the largest mounted stag's head that she had ever seen. Now, Hunter had grown up in the Scottish countryside and was in no way squeamish. She came from outdoorsy country people who regularly hunted, shot and fished. She herself had gut mackerel as a child, Her grandmother, a fishing champion, had insisted she learned how to prepare the fish if she wanted the pleasure of eating it. And she'd even had to fetch the odd pheasant or two from the pantry. So, although she was certainly no hunter herself, somewhat ironically, she was also no vegan, but even she balked at this macabre trophy. She was surprised that Tiffany allowed it. Much as she knew that her friend enjoyed the occasional shoot, surely this was going too far. Perhaps though it had something to do with Tiffany's oft spoken vague resentment at living in the Scottish Highlands as opposed to London's Berkeley Square. Where Richard, or who? I'm pretty sure his name's Big Dick. Well, I think we call him Dick Hard, but I mean, you know, it's it's all on you that. <laughs> it's a
2: fabulous. Name, Editing by, as anyway. we
0: go. Yeah. <laughs> Always, dear God. <laughs> um Hunter had asked why sorry, had once asked why she'd come to study at Glasgow when she so obviously preferred England. Rude kind of wish Tiffany was here because she'd be so embarrassed that we were telling this to the world Oh, absolutely. At the time, Tiffany had clearly been vying to be the next addition to her English royal family. Shame. (laughs) yeah. Picked the post twice. (laughs) Um, But Tiffany had somewhat ashamedly explained that she'd actually thought that Scotland was just another part of England.
2: Oh dear. Yeah.
0: What a disappointment she (laughs) is. I mean, wow. (laughs) Mm, Hunter had been stunned but had since learned that world geography was not necessarily high up on the curriculum of all of Indiana schools. According to Tiffany, most of the people that she grew up with got their information about the UK through television shows like Downton Abbey, or even more worryingly,
2: Game of Thrones. Totally accurate. I mean, I don't know how they possibly couldn't understand why Scotland isn't a part of England. They
1: are definitely... Vast different ends of the scale there though Downton Abbey or Game of Thrones Yeah I don't know They're both pretty
0: brutal at nice. <laughs> Well there you go yeah I mean I'm not sure I've ever seen a dragon You know
1: Unless I've had about two bottles of wine But I don't think that counts I'm not sure I've ever seen a house like Downton
2: Abbey But you
1: know They're <laughs> <laughs> everywhere
2: Ten a penny Ten a penny in Scotland
0: mm. So yeah poor, poor Tiffany We're sorry Tev Enjoy the sangria. <laughs> so, Hunter's attention was still on the stag's head when a voice called to her from inside the stables, breaking her from her melancholy. Astrid's voice. And actually, we haven't even mentioned where poor Astrid is because we're so concerned about Tiffany. Oh, I know. Astrid, the girl who's never quite made it yet. I know,
1: bless her. She promises and promises that she'll be here eventually, one day. So one far, day. she has been tied up, handcuffed up. She's otherwise engaged. Yes. And um, when these things happen... I
0: don't even know who she's seen tonight, or in what capacity, as long as it's not the ledge.
1: She <laughs> so you haven't taken her to Spain with you, have you, Tiffany? <laughs> because uh, oh, yeah. you two could be having a
0: great time. That's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. Living it up in, in Spain. Let's hope that's where she is and not somewhere less salubrious. <laughs> so yeah. So bless. Astrid. So Astrid's voice, hey, she yelled, get in here and get the latex on. And for the love of God, stop worrying about the hunting trophy. Hunter smiled wryly. You know me too well, she said, sashaying into the room, unzipping her dress and letting it fall to the floor. Still, she continued, you have to admit it's a bit over the top, Shirley. I mean, I know size shouldn't matter with these things, but it's just so bloody
2: big. But that's the point. <laughs> size does matter. Because where one is lacking in one area if one can capture a stag, <laughs> they are surely not lacking in others. Love it.
1: Absolutely love it. Sounds like a fair point to me. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany was the first to assent. I hate that bloody thing. It's new. Someone bagged it on the last big hunting day. I forget who, but Richard couldn't let the thing leave the ground. He was so impressed. Frankly, I think it's overkill. Excuse the pun. (laughs) If you'll excuse the pun, (laughs) and I said that before I read the next line. (laughs)
0: Nice, pre-empting my writing. Well,
1: done. I, I, it <laughs> clearly it was meant to be a good writing. What? No, I think that's you just convention. It <laughs> God, I agree. Incidentally, nice use of the word bloody, Tiffany. We'll make a Scot of you yet. She grinned mischievously towards Tiffany, knowing full well that she'd horrified to pick up the Scottish as opposed to the English inflection she'd been working so hard on. Darcy was rewarded with a less than impressed stare from Tiffany. I think if she
0: was here, she'd punch you in the arm. Very <laughs> probably. I'm glad she's not.
1: Yeah kidding, Darcy assured Tiffany smiling you've got more plums in your mouth than the rest of us put together, and we were all born here, honestly, not one of us speaks the Queen's English, quite like you try Tiffany, seriously said Astrid, no one is going to make a plums in your mouth joke, <laughs> okay but I think you missed a trick here lady she laughed, okay Hunter hurry up, you're the only one not dressed I'm sorry plums in your mouth, that's I Astrid all over the place, I it's a very good joke yeah. and nobody made a joke <laughs> Was it too obvious, do we think? Just I think, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to, I, yeah. Cast, I mean, it, it, was here, it wrote itself. It, in the Met, and we didn't um, have to go any further no. than that.
2: Yeah, I feel you've got to let that one breathe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay.
2: Nice. <laughs> <Thanks>. Shit, Anna. <laughs> Hunter grabbed her overnight bag and made her
1: way to the side of Tiffany, who was putting the finishing touches on her makeup while examining her lithe form in the powder blue latex mini-dress. She looked like she'd walked out of a vintage and charmingly sexist 1950s advert for Pan Am. Or slightly less charitable, perhaps. A stri- high street advert for Anne Summers' vocational section. Well, you would Fabulous. know. You used to work there. <laughs> I would know. I did used to work there. Sounds exactly like Anne Summers' vocational section. Let's I just take it. a
0: second so you can tell our audience about the most awkward experience you had in Anne Summers.
1: Well, there were definitely two that spring to mind. One, um, my sister and her fiancé husband at the time arriving. Him having no idea where to look or what to do. Um, that was in. Was I? Was there an elf costume? I was think that a yes? Yeah. Um, the Anne Summer staff did wear their co- their their sort of sexy lingerie Christmas esque <laughs> outfits at the time to work. <laughs> this the slightly more covered up versions of them. That was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. The other one was my philosophy professor and his girlfriend coming in, <laughs> and her looking for. A Vibrating toy for the bedroom, me turning around asking what they liked and realising who it was. <laughs> I passed that class and didn't go, so <laughs> definitely a win. I still love those stories. Oh. I didn't write that long, but I got loads and loads of fantastic stories. <laughs> Astrid, meanwhile, looked delectable if some more outlandish in an acid yellow fishnet bodysuit that was more holes than net. The outfit made zero attempt to conceal her pierced nipples, which were strikingly and tactically visible through one of the many strategically placed vacant spaces in the stocking. Astrid's breasts were small but pert; her physique more athletic than hourglass. She also had her stripper shoes on, enormously heeled, and in equally tacky PVC numbers that were covered in lime greenhorns, disconcertingly reminiscent of a triceratops at a rave or possibly an orgy. If a small pink lizard tongue snaked out of one of the shoes, Hunter would officially lose it. It seriously fucking would as well. They were ridiculous shoes. Like, uh, Jesus Christ. She must be freezing! <laughs> <Yeah>. It's happened? <laughs> I never thought I'd have to picture Triceratops, at an orgy or even a rave but, but new lands of interesting, okay. But these shoes, I swear to God, and the wee, like you could just imagine me
0: tongues like, but yeah, no. And they're not in your wardrobe. No, I, hey, compared
1: to, to Astrid, I'm conservative. Wow. Okay. <laughs> they must have been pretty out there, everybody. Astrid's outfit, Hunter knew, was due to her impending performance on the pole. Although she was no longer a professional pole dancer, she maintained it was the best way to stay in shape. Looking at her incredibly taut arms and thighs, not to mention an ass you could serve drinks off, the women were all inclined to believe her. I can safely say it is an unbelievable way. To stay in shape. Well, you've picked up a bit of the pole now, haven't you, Darcy? I have to say, I have picked up a bit of the pole now, and I'm getting quite into it. And it is incredibly hard, and very impressed if she used to actually do it properly. And yes, uh, the the now it's all coming back to me. The pole shoes—they'll definitely have been a pair of pleasers. And
2: yeah, that's yeah, what they're called. See, that's what
1: they're called. I never know, ladies and gentlemen. You know,
0: I didn't quite ever make it on the pole myself. I'm not coordinated enough. No, nope. they oh, do you have a you name there. So pleaser. far from coordinated <laughs> enough to say that. I look good standing next to the pole,
1: <laughs> leaning on the pole, at a stretch, yeah, wrapping around. the pole, yes, not perhaps on the pole doing any sort of
0: move. No, generally. I tried to get up one once and just, and in fact, I think, was guess, you, did you
1: get back down? Or? No, well, I mean, I got back down, whether you'd want to look at it, I doubt very much. Astrid may have been small at only five foot two, but her muscles gave her the hint of curves in all the right places. Her Indian heritage and coffee-coloured skin also gave her a deliciously exotic, almost forbidden look. It had made her incredibly popular in the club she had worked in. There was a huge Indian diaspora in Glasgow, but as far as Astrid knew, she was the only pole dancer and she loved that she was considered so unique among her clientele. Hunter had divested herself of everything except her shoes and was meticulously fastening golden nipple jewels onto onto her unselfconsciously naked body. They were equivative of a carved fleur-de-lis and hooked around her erect nipples with tiny disguised ties, which Darcy diligently tightened, ensuring that they wouldn't slip during the evening's festivities. Oh was so good, Darcy. So got to fun. have friends like me. Yes. <laughs> the scene in the dressing room was being hungrily observed by him. And although he made no effort to hide his presence, he didn't openly announce it either. He couldn't help but feel he was being given a stolen glimpse into a modern version of some sort of myth or legend. Maynads perhaps are nymphs Tempting unsuspecting male virgins into debauchery Sirens punishing unsuspecting sailors and in, With an insatiable death Or even the in, inimitable in Bashy m- ba- <laughs> ba- <laughs> What in the the m- fuck m- <laughs> am I saying?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's because
1: Tiffany's not here Backy For the audience <laughs> I have edited this three times now And been unable to say that word every time So I'm just going with it now ah, Let's say just Bashai actually yeah, They're the, bash, Back the bash. No <laughs> yeah but back out ba- no ba- you're right. I thought we were just going to go with bash no out. okay bash I back out anyway they were inimitable <laughs> apparently apparently <laughs> quickly moving on oh dear oh how he wished he had lived in a different time or perhaps just in some old greek myth where he could play Dionysus to his very own man I made mean, it <laughs>
0: She's lost it now. This is the thing. This is what happens. You trip once and you go. To his very own...
1: Maynard. Maynard. I know this. I studied this history. I know. I have your bloody boots. I know. He was entranced. He had always loved women. He'd devour them if he could. Although it had to be said, he would always attest to behaving in a gentlemanly manner, honest and direct in his dealings with the fairer sex. His dealings were usually over after a day, a weekend, a week, or two at the outside. And yet... And yet, the one called Hunter, who had reacted so exquisitely to administrations over dinner, undoubtedly intrigued him. He couldn't deny it. She was someone who could perhaps entertain him for more than just a passing moment. And it was she who he couldn't keep his eyes off now. She was so unself conscious in her body, in her sexuality. He sensed a hunger in her that could possibly match his own. He was only cautiously optimistic, however, having been so used to disappointment in the past. Women could never keep up with his appetite for long. Their desires always became so depressingly quotidian and predictable. The danger and lust disappeared, leaving half hearted obligation and boredom in its lipstick stained wake. Those were things he worked to avoid at all costs. I mean, How oh, little he knows.
0: <laughs> I love it, Cora, yes.
1: Quite. <laughs> His mouth parted involuntarily. Nope. Little did
2: he realize.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he realize Hunter had had much the same experience with her conquests, and the same dispar- disparaging opinion of their outcome. His mouth parted involuntarily as he watched Darcy slip the ornate golden chains delicately over Hunter's head. The effect was stunning. It looked like an ancient Egyptian decolletage decoration. The chains felt like folds of the most extravagant silk over Hunter's high and proud breasts. The cold of the metal causing her nipples to tighten. Well, we've all been there.
2: Tis chilly and
1: Again, as we've said. <laughs> the chains fastened around her back and fell delicately around each buttock and looped around her waist to drape elegantly over her stomach. Princess Leah's gold bikini, without the bikini, in a room full of leather and he thought that this was the most beautiful costume he had ever seen on a woman. She was, for all intents and purposes, naked, draped in nothing but golden chains. And yet at that moment, she was the most sexually elegant woman he had ever seen. I mean, I do try. I'm not going to pretend I don't. <laughs> I mean, it does sound epically stunning. So. Yes.
0: I'm very convenient to pack.
1: I mean, well, except there we go. Exactly. Space saver. Yes. Brilliant. Well, <laughs> that's simple awful. but effective. It, yes. Very straightforward. They say back eye. I can when you <laughs> tell me which it is. <laughs> it coached. is not spelt the way it should sound. No, that's true. I mean, you can
0: take the Greeks up on that. You know? well, well, there
1: you go. I'm not fluent in Greek. And what's well, ancient Greek I get, as well? well so. an, there you go. Yeah. Even come on now, <laughs> ancient Greek. Who's who's speaking that just now?
0: Any ancient Greeks who
1: are speaking that, in fact, please yeah. and not <laughs> the there speaks ancient Greek. I would love to have your opinion. And please tell us that I pronounced it right. <laughs> I, that would be hilarious. Yeah. That would be even better. Write in, like, comment. Me and my Trojan horse up here,
0: like, I think you'll find it's Bacchae. <laughs> <laughs> and people go, actually, no, we speak Greek and it's not. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> he, with a capital H, in case you know you can't see that when you're listening, um, was so engrossed in Hunter's costume that he didn't even notice as Tiffany and Astrid walked directly past him and out of the room, sharing an amused and knowing look between them. "Damn," breathed Astrid, grinning. "What?" replied Tiffany, curious. "It looks like someone's fallen for Hunter's apple charms, which means I'm stuck with what's his name from earlier." "You don't have to sleep with him just because he's here, you know," Tiffany retorted, half joking. I'm sorry, sweetheart, Astrid replied, but have we met? The girls broke into laughter as they split up to perform their allotted tasks for the evening's enjoyment. Tiffany to fetch the espresso martinis and
1: Astrid to prepare her shop. I think we all know by this point that Astrid doesn't have to sleep with him because he's there. (laughs) But Astrid wants to. Yeah, (laughs) and Astrid will. Yes.
2: I feel like Astrid just wants the sex, not so much the man. Oh yes,
1: no, yeah, it's yes. definitely the enjoyment and the pleasure. But I, I don't think it necessarily matters. No. Oh God, where no. it's coming from? No. Ha. Man, woman, machine.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. but then Astrid is an equal opportunity. Absolutely. And fair, she's pure. Surely got plenty to choose from in that case. Sounds no, th- like yeah. it. That's she really is just desperate to try. Why well, do you think she's never here? Well, yeah. <laughs> she's far <she's laughs>
0: too busy yeah. for us. that. Yeah. <laughs> Diary, fool. Oh, my God. She's having too good a time. I mean, it's bad enough Tiffany's bloody, you know, living it up in wherever she is in Spain. But, no, we lose after every week to some person or other in some scenario or other. And that's why we love her. It's true. We do. She's a sweetheart. But one absolute, it has to be said, immovable tradition at the hall was the serving of espresso martinis after dinner. Darcy, I feel like you should just explain briefly what an espresso martini is because, I mean, I feel like you've become a sudden convert to these
1: drinks. Should oh, I drink have. Else? at
0: breakfast. It's just espresso martini.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the espresso martini, any time of the day, is one of the only cocktails I do drink. <laughs> and uh, recently was given uh, an old coffee machine by someone and it is now just the espresso martini machine <laughs> because we never use it for fancy coffee. It is just pulled out when we have espresso martinis. And let's face it, that's quite often. And so. I feel like whoever gave it to you would be thrilled that that was the case. Oh, they are. They <laughs> absolutely. They wouldn't have wanted you to use for anything else. A bit of vodka, a bit of Kalua or Tia Maria, depending on your your choice, and a bit of Nespresso. Can't get much better than that. See, every you know, Friday night,
0: I have to just a Friday.
1: I was trying to, you know. <laughs> but no, okay, every night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she was night. trying to pretend that she's not an absolute lash like the rest of us.
2: On occasion, I do switch to decaf espresso because, <laughs> <do> you know... <laughs> bloody love a decaf espresso <laughs> martini. you <No>, Honestly. <laughs> cannot get enough. Those are and the weekday espresso <laughs> martini. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. A weekday espresso martini has got to be a decaf. Loving it still full of vodka and calura, but just... just well, yes, it's the caffeine
0: that you can <laughs> have
2: during the week. <laughs> Especially when you're late at night, innit?
0: I am going to say something really controversial. I am old school and a purist, but I love coffee. I love Martinis But never the twain shall meet What the hell is wrong with you No no Gin Martini As dry as you can get it With an olive Have you ever tried My Espresso
1: Martinis No That's fair Watch this piece Okay <laughs> Next podcast <that's laughs> Espresso Martinis ladies i will okay. be completely literal. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I think the It'll goal- be decaf <laughs> I think the gauntlet's been thrown I think that's fair Yeah okay Next podcast Espresso Martinis I'm on it Okay yeah, you're bringing them. That's why I'm <laughs> drinking them. And good night, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of the Adessa Martini's, this is, in fact, always done, um, without exception, at the stables. And if Astrid was staying, it's the accompaniment of an impressive striptease and pole dance. A further mainstay of this particular tradition, however, and this is a tradition that I do love, was the fact that the drinks were served from the back of one of the women. In this instance, the woman was Tiffany. Tiffany had changed the rules slightly though, understandably not wanting to be covered in sticky freezing slush for the remainder of the evening. She had supplemented the drinks menu with shots of tequila. Quick, popular and much easier to either grip between your thighs or balance in your cleavage. Hunter was observing the scene around her. And it was quite the scene. Akin to a Jack Vettriano painting. And this is when we get sued by Jack Vettriano. If Jack Vettriano did fetish wear anyway, Asford was methodically rubbing down the stripper pole, which was a professional affair, actually bolted into both the ceiling and the small raised stage at the back of the main room, or bar as it was known. Probably a good thing. We'll hear all about why later. The stables itself was actually one of the going concern, a profitable shoot that people would pay to come to partake and stand. Ostensibly, it was a cross between a strong, a strong, dear Lord, a stone crofter's cottage and an elegant Scottish hunting lodge. But anyone in the know could spot the small notes of discord in the otherwise classic country scene. Now, for everybody listening, once you hear this, you will start seeing these things in particular places. And I mean very particular places. So, the patently obvious stripper pole and stage notwithstanding,
1: I will tell you, Espresso Martini is involved again. Something that's really quite good to rub down your stripper pole? Uh Uh-huh. Vodka. (laughs) Why? Well, if you ever do need to clean it, it's a bit sticky. It gets off all of the oil from your skin, vodka. If you've got nothing else in the house, great for cleaning <laughs> a stripper That's how I clean mine. And Darcy always has vodka in her house. Indeed. So Well, exactly. This is where this came
0: from. So, some patrons may wonder why what had been a stable, coming back to you, Cora, in its first iteration and had since been remodelled into accommodation for the aforementioned shoots, had been arranged in quite such an unusual layout. The bar room was the largest in the old stone building. It contained the usual array of Harris tweed and tartan upholstery, old bar leather chairs in front of the roaring fireplace, and insipid, go goes far to say, Hunting watercolors adorning the walls. However, look closer, and there were little giveaways all over the scene, like the fact that the bar itself, which ran the entire length of the wall as you entered the room, had hooks at twenty-four inch intervals seemingly innocuous to the unobservant or uninitiated, but clear indications of some pretty serious bondage to those in the know. It was a situation such as this that had led the four women to become firm friends in the first place, when they all realised that they were perhaps slightly more... adventurous than most of the itinerant Scottish population. At some point in each of their lives, their sexual proclivities and experimentation had made their other girlfriends or acquaintances decidedly uncomfortable. These friends and acquaintances just couldn't understand how they could not just want, but desperately need to live in such an unusual way. I mean, we've
1: definitely all spent our lives making um, some people quite uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I think I just our day-to-day business. I mean, I do it daily. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you definitely do it daily.
0: <laughs> However, between the four of them, they consider themselves the normal ones. Not the mainstream women they were used to dealing with on a daily basis. Astrid couldn't even remember the first time she'd received a disproving look from a peer about something she had asked or mentioned innocently enough. It happened almost continuously. And she genuinely couldn't give, and a I s- wish she was here, a, a single, single solitary, solitary fuck. fuck. <laughs> In to her own way, words. Yeah, to use her own words. <laughs> But the other three, on occasion, could. The four friends had never had sex lives that most people would consider normal. But, I mean, what the hell is normal? I also think most people don't really talk
1: about it. I think that's fair. And are having a lot more less normal sex lives than we think. Yeah. I think that's fair. I
2: also think that, you know, just... It's sex. It's supposed to be good for everyone involved. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter... What? How or why or yes. yeah, so like What's normal? Normal's what you like. Yeah. Who cares what that is? True I mean, as long as the other spoken. person, yeah. as long well, as well, the well, person well, on the other
1: end well, is right. also enjoying themselves,
2: yeah. yeah. fantastic. As long as you combined care. <laughs> That's It's All so about
0: consent, but if, if everybody consents, then you do what you do. You, you, yeah, do, you. Do, yeah, you, you. do you. Best do you. Best,
2: word, there you go. best
0: thing ever. Uh, T-shirt, yeah. You do you. You that. Yeah. You. Yes. I mean, or whoever's in the room, anyway. The royal
2: you. Collective you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But no, with the friends' extensive and unexhaustive sexual appetites and proclivities, once they'd found each other at university, life had become a lot more fun. Some sort of magnetism had brought them together, as it wasn't as if they were studying remotely the same things or involved in the same activities, except perhaps drinking too much. And it also wasn't like there was a, hey, if you're into kinky stuff, come to this meeting.
1: These they,
2: days, there might like, yeah, yeah, be yeah. that meeting. They Just, went to a Scottish uni, though, no. so therefore... They Drinking too much, too much and kinky. Yeah, there <laughs> <Yes>. we go. <laughs> That's um, true. I mean, I feel if you managed to go to a Scottish uni and not drink too much, you really didn't live. That's true. Yes. Also,
1: which uni? Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> are you still in Scotland or have you done a Tiffany? <laughs> oh, no. You must have left. Before their first joint introduction to the hall, thanks to Tiffany, they had all met down in London for a girls weekend. Tiffany was there doing some property thing with Richard, and Darcy had a surgical conference for work. So Hunter and Astrid had hopped on a plane for the weekend. The highlight had been a trip to Coco de Mer, individually beloved by each of them. And as Hunter often put it, her personal Shay away from she shay. shares away from she no she away from she. I knew that. You did. You doubted yourself. I know. They had each bought a tiny vibrator elegantly reminiscent of vintage 1950s necklaces, when pencils would be worn on chains around the necks of office secretaries, for convenience of course. These charming devices were to make pleasure accessible anywhere and the fact that they were hidden in plain sight appealed to them all. So they each bought one and would wear them whenever they got together, like some sort of R-rated friendship bracelet. They also had a challenge going as to who could wear theirs in the most daring scenario without getting caught. So far, <laughs> Darcy was winning. Of, of course, course, you fucking are. <laughs> I mean, are we surprised, ladies? Are we surprised? Or listeners, sorry. <laughs> Having worn hers during a surgery that she was performing. Close second was probably Hunter, who had worn hers over her forfeiting shift dress on the way home from a London trip while she went through airport security. I and, did. I just didn't give a shit. Unsurprisingly, Astrid was the most daring, but also almost always caught or questioned by some innocent as to her unusual jewellery. The game was ongoing, with the winner democratically decided upon and the leader board continuously updated. Regardless of whatever men they were entertaining at the time, some more permanent than others, these women were undoubtedly meant for each other. They would defend their relationship to the last, and no mere man would ever come between them. Men were would inevitably come and go. But the woman's friendship, where? Forever. I would like to ship in here, you see, and I think it is the depths of friendship. You're correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's fair. My f- closest, closest friendship is with a man. Aww. And you would not know the difference because we bond like two women, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> he will be so happy to hear that. Yeah. I'm mean, a oh dear. I, I would say the same of Buck,
0: only I'm so kind of I'm still not pissed off that's too strong, but I'm still recovering from
1: his absolute Have we forgiven Buck for the outrageous comments, the copious wine, and just well, at least the, the last
0: podcast actually. <laughs> at least this time He didn't set himself on fire. So I suppose that's about bonus We
1: did hide the flames this time, <laughs> but we have learned from past experience. <laughs> Astra's performance on the pole had been impressive, as usual, in equal parts erotic and athletic. Watching her perform, you could almost smell the money dusted with talcum powder, or possibly cocaine. Her body was a remarkable instrument. As she wrapped her thighs tightly around the steel eight feet up from the stage and leaned back in a perfect backward swan dive, it was impossible not to be impressed. Even considering the garish footwear. She had decided to do her routine To the sexy and rock and roll track Pussy Liquor And she was magnificent Gyrating and twisting in time with each beat She had entraptured men and women alike No one could tear their eyes away I mean at this point I would just love to freaking
0: play that song But I think <laughs> yes. I mean I'm very new to this But I don't think licensing allows that sort of stuff <laughs>
1: I hadn't even thought, that. Possibly we could play it in the background, no, very probably not. No, we could, like, technologically we could, but I just don't think (laughs) we're allowed to. Trigger in particular was practically salivating, are we surprised, practically (laughs) salivating at her performance. Hunter felt immensely sorry for her, but reminded herself that Astrid enjoyed even the most unlikely of men, and it was not up to her to judge her friend's tastes. (laughs) When Astrid had finished... Sliding down the pole into a perfect full split at the bottom, Hunter thought. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I wish. Right? Hunter thought that Trigger was going to have an actual honest to goodness heart attack. (laughs) Either that or spontaneously ejaculate into his boxers right there. Let's hope for the first. I know I was going to say, let's hope for the fourth. I'm sure everyone at the dinner party would have been devastatingly disappointed. I think, you know, even, you know, Dr. Darcy would have taken a bit of a
0: longer time to rush to his aid, you know, like running through treacle. No, allow me to... Uh, oh. As he's
1: also <laughs> ejaculating into his <laughs> waters, I presume.
2: How <laughs> yeah. he I mean, dies, have you? I mean, yeah, as a, as a way to go, that is, is damn good. That is. Dead or worse. Helping the ecstatic and
1: gently perspiring Astrid off her podium, the women made their way over to the stable bar. Astrid basked in... Oh, how adoration from everyone present, as she sashayed away across the room. She really came alive under the spotlight, and despite the obvious, Hunter always wondered what on earth had possessed her friend to give up the limelight. She'd be much happier if she was still on a pole. Protestations about ageing aside, Hunter could see Astrid kicking ass up there well into her fifties. Tiffany, meanwhile ever the consummate host, had shimmied out of her latex and hopped on to the long, immaculately polished bar. With Tiffany now lying completely unselfconsciously naked, spread-eagled and expectant along the bar, Darcy suddenly realised what everyone was waiting for. Not like you to forget something. I mean, (laughs) Barker. she said. (laughs) I left the tequila next door. Hunter... Can you do the honours while I go fetch it? Of <laughs> course, Hunter said, beginning to balance the shot glasses on <laughs> Tiffany's prostrate form. She placed four at varying intervals in between her thighs, the higher of which would invariably allow the drinker to a taste of Tiffany as well as the tequila. She balanced four more on her torso, one on each clavicle, and yet another in her cleavage. She was about to place a final glass in Tiffany's mouth when he appeared behind her as if by some deviant magic. Can I be of service? He asked. Hunter looked calmly toward him. I think I can handle this, thank you. Just then, Darcy appeared with the bottle and Hunter began pouring a generous measure into each glass. Shit, Hunter laughed. I can't add. I've done twelve and there are only eleven of us drinking. <laughs> Obviously you don't count Tiff. Oh well, I'm sure someone can handle two simultaneously. She looked suggestively at him. He laughed. Oh, come on. Surely you can do better than a single entendré of that calibre.
0: Entendré?
2: What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> it's like a starter. <laughs> entendré.
0: Well, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> that what? was just such a... Fl- so you're a master entendré.
1: <laughs> I see everything with an Italian twang, okay? I can't help it. you? <laughs> That's very true, that was very funny
0: though
2: I'm so serious all the way through that Entree
0: Entree. (laughs) I'll have the steak Yeah.
1: Mean (laughs) Oh come on, surely Mm. you can do better than a single entendre of that calibre, he challenged her Oh please, I am not even dignifying that with a response To someone who feels the need to pull a blade every time things become the least bit sexual Paging Doctor Freud, Dr. Sigmund Freud. She shot him a mischievous smile. You know what you need, of course, a decent scheme, do. You? Your knife is impressive, of course, but it lacks a certain traditional elegance. A touch of class, you might say. For the love of God, just fuck him, will you? <laughs> Hiss Tiffany. Oh, Tiffany, if you were here. I know Tim <laughs> Lying prostrate and unmoving on the bar and somehow managing to transfer all of her pent-up energy into her words. He clearly wants you, and I know you want to know what he can do with that knife, she winked. Also, get bloody on with it and fill the glasses with tequila. I want a drink, and I want this off this bloody bar. Hunter snapped out with the myriad sexual fantasies flicking through her mind's eye and placed the final shot glass into Tiffany's mouth, filling it with tequila. Richard, big dick, <laughs> took his hard. cue like the ringmaster he was. Fabulous! I love that we're like wrapping
0: up in such a dramatic way. It's <laughs> wonderful. That's, that's how you do it. Oh, I think so. Like, and I can just feel like the just desperation of Tiffany get the fucking glasses out of myself. <laughs> can we get on with dancing? <laughs> have you been there? No, or? maybe I don't know. Yeah, have I been there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> to get the fucking stings. <laughs> okay, everyone, welcome to the first night of our shoot. As ever, my delectable wife has offered to officially start the festivities. Obviously, tomorrow, post-hunt, is our big night. But just to get things going, the drinks are on us! <laughs> <laughs> I know,
1: bless them. Also, oh, can I just go back to that? This is the small night. Yeah, yes. <laughs> the big night hasn't even. I mean,
2: this is the warm up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> listeners, what is to come if this is the small night? Yeah, just see it. We Tune all in. know
2: everyone goes a bit hot. <laughs> and hardy. hard on the first a night. A bit hot and heavy on the first night, <laughs> and then the second night they think they're better. It's so true, yeah. You almost mean to save it for the second. And but you and can't. No. You just can't do it. Everyone's also, well, those people, we've, yeah, we've
0: enticed to Scotland because we're so, like, tolerant and entertaining. You just brace yourself because, you know. Oh,
2: you're more than welcome to come to Scotland as long as you drink.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I want to have a good time.
2: Yeah. As everyone just goes, nope, fuck that. I'm mm-hmm. real.
0: Um, okay, so Richard allowed himself a small chuckle as oft-used pun after these delightful little precursors, we have more drinks, dancing, and any other debauchery you wish to indulge in. But remember, everyone, guns at 8pm sharp, and we will not wait. I'm looking at you, Trigger, and I don't care how fucking hungover you are. You drag your pickled carcass out of bed and get in the damned landing. Trigger laughed heartily, assuring Richard he'd be there, whilst catching, c- catching, casting lecherous eyes over Astrid. Okay, everyone, Richard continued, to the shoot. With that, all of the guests bent their heads to Tiffany's fart and enjoyed a tequila body shot. Richard took the glass from between the apex of his wife's thighs, allowing his tongue to linger a little longer, eliciting a sweet moan from Tiffany. Once the shots were done, the spilled tequila was licked from Tiffany's willing person, Tiffany herself, greatly enjoying the process. There was something vaguely vampiric about it, which made Hunter imagine licking blood from Tiffany's throat instead of alcohol. At the same moment her eyes got his, as he delicately licked a drop from the top of Tiffany's clavicle. It was as if he had read her thoughts, and then all she could think of was him and what he might be able to do with that night. The night descended quickly into the expected drunken bacchanal. Bacchanal. <laughs> That's what I read in my head. I'm just getting the finger from Astrid here. And Darcy, even. <laughs>
1: Sorry, someone else might be getting the finger. Finger.
0: That's true, yeah. I'm getting the finger from Darcy and, yeah, well, there and neighbour. Different finger. (laughs) Different finger, very much so. Metaphorical finger. (laughs) Astrid and Trigger had barely swallowed the first shot when Trigger, roaring in triumph, hoisted her bodily over his shoulder and practically ran from the building. Astrid's raucous laughter had been audible even over the thumping bass of the music and had been playing since her amazing pole performance. Well, Hunter had thought... That's the last we'll see of them until morning. Um,
2: good to, for them.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought you'd see good riddance I was like, oh yeah. no, yes. Well, I don't oh. want to
0: see any
1: more of them I until morning. Oh
0: God. After they had finished the tequila, the Espresso and martinis had made their inevitable reappearance. I blame you, Darcy. As if by some sort of dipsomantic deity.
1: Surely these are decaf by now. Right?
0: I blame they you again, Darcy. Be. I don't know.
2: They've got to get up in the morning. I think we should start. Got calling to get up tonight.
0: tonight. I think some of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, God, yeah. I think we should start calling you Darcy the Dip. <laughs> it was at that moment that Hunter had decided that nothing was going to happen with him tonight, regardless of whether the opportunity presented itself or not. She was already too drunk to enjoy him fully, and she already knew that she'd want to have every sense heightened when she did. She also wanted the seduction to last as long as possible. Thus liberated, she had decided to fully enjoy the party instead. Darcy turned, caught her eye, and tilted her head in the same direction. Clearly, she was thinking exactly the same thing. The two women burst out laughing, before starting to dance to one to one of both of their favorite songs, Billy Eilish's Bad Guy. How appropriate, thought Hunter, as she lost herself in music, although one eye remained diligently on him all evening, just in case.
1: Now, I can't think of a better way to end a chapter than you and your girlfriends dancing into the night. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just saying, sounds like a good party to me. So, right, I would like to say a
2: massive thank you to our fabulous unsuspecting guest tonight, Cora. Thank you so much. An exciting read, I'm sure you'll all agree. Can't wait to find out what happens next. (laughs) I know,
1: and you will have to tune in next week if you want to find out. Yes, well, we're at the
0: hunt next week, chapter four. So if you want to find out what happens on the hunt and indeed who is hunting whom.
1: We hope you've enjoyed the latest chapter of Ice. If so, buy the book where even more will be revealed. But also get in touch and follow us into our world of debauchery on Instagram at Vice the Podcast. Or find me on Facebook
0: and online at terrystuartauthor.com. Until next time.